0: Welcome to Education Today, where we'll explore what is possible in education today by covering everything from cool tech to sound pedagogy infused with teacher stories, sprinkled with a little fun, and filled with inspiration from around the globe. I'm your host, Scott News, and this is Education Today. Today's guest is Jamie Donnelly. Jamie is an author, speaker, and EdTech consultant. She is a former math teacher turned instructional technology enthusiast. She provides staff development and training on immersive technology as an EdTech consultant. Her latest adventures include the launch of Global Maker Day and the hashtag ARVR and EDU community events and presentations. She works as an author and speaker to provide practical use of augmented and virtual reality in the classroom. You can follow Jamie on Twitter at Jamie Donnelly. Jamie, welcome to the show. Thank you for being on.
1: Thank you so much, Scott. I'm excited.
0: Yeah, me too. Uh, so let our listeners know a little bit about you. Where are you based out of and what's your current role in education?
1: Yeah, I'm actually based out of Texas, so East Texas, pretty close to the Louisiana border um, in between Dallas and Shreveport. And uh, it's so funny because I, I rarely do much training in my local area. I'm usually either outside of Texas or maybe some spots of Texas as well. Um, but I, I have been in the classroom as a math teacher and then math enrichment teacher and I'm doing even um, working with kids that struggle with math and then later moved into a role of instructional technology in districts. And then that just went on. And uh, my passion for immersive technology. So AR and VR eventually moved into um, more of the field of consulting. So I am 100 percent now um, working with school districts and conferences to share my passion for AR and VR.
0: That's amazing. And that's an industry, an area that is growing so much. The um, business projections for that area are getting into the trillions. It's crazy how much that technology has grown over the last five years or so.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. Yeah, it is it is growing. And I think in light of all of that, um, it was something that I had started way before this really, you know, um, was in a growing field. I had no idea. I just knew that I loved it. And the more that I learned about it, the more excited I was about it. Um, but you know, like any technology, you're going to have that growth and you're going to have that drop off. But the, the beauty of this is the fact that it's so versatile, you know, it, for me, the passion of AR VR is not it. It's AR VR really in education and how it impacts our learners and that is something that maybe, you know, we're seeing a rise because of the money and funding and, and these big corporations, you know, these um, companies that are making this incredible technology and the stuff that they're doing. Certainly there's some funding there and, um, you know, budgets that are happening in school districts, but um, really seeing the opportunities in the way our students learn and how much that has evolved and changed because of this technology is exciting.
0: Right. How did you get into this? How did you become on the forefront of this tech and education?
1: I was exposed to Erasmus back in the day, later became HP Reveal and now HP Reveal will be gone in a few days. Um, but I was exposed to it in a training in my local region area many years ago. <clears throat> and I had seen augmented reality, but I had never um, connected augmented reality words with what I was experiencing. So you know, on the DS back in the day, you could play games or like you're shooting down your walls and you see space behind it. Well, I was seeing that and saying, "Wow, that's incredible technology!" But I didn't really make the connection that that was AR. Um, but as I experienced this with Erasmus, like literally the next day, I'm bringing it back to my districts and and showing them what they can create and what they can do and how unlimited the use of this technology could be. And so um, that was my kind of my first starting point. Now, as soon as I started doing that, I started looking it up a little bit more and realizing Erasmus was not the only thing out there. Um, and then I saw Google Translate, which, you know, was a, another app called Wordlens back in the days. Uh, Google ended up buying them out. But um, seeing how we can actually see augmented reality translate words right in front of our eyes through our camera. Um, those types of things that really I was exposed to not shortly thereafter uh, made me realize that this is not just a one app type deal. This is a um, a topic. So I started presenting at conferences on it and, you know, at first it was kind of like, what are you talking about? I, you know, I thought I was an accelerated reader Um, they didn't quite understand AR as augmented reality. And so seeing all of these transitions and changes that have happened, um, is exciting and it's just continued to grow. And I think, you know, it's more accessible now more than ever because of these companies making it accessible for our developers to create these incredible, you know, concepts. So that's, you know, that's really where it started, but, um, it's, it's, I almost feel like it's just starting to take off. My husband's like, man, people are just like finally talking about it when, you know, it's, <laughs> you've been talking to me about it for years. And so, um, but it, it's crazy because I, I agree with you. That's there is definitely, um, some interest and, and ideas on how this technology is going to change our world.
0: Right. It so is. I really like using it with my students. Uh, this year I haven't found a great place for it yet, but I'm thinking with this unit I have coming up, I can introduce it to them and let them play with it a little bit. I, I think that's the biggest thing, just letting them play with it, you know, just kind of like a sandbox and Hey, explore, you know, here are these tools. Here's how you can use them. Here's some basic training on it. And how, them inform me as an instructor now how how can we apply this to our content that's generally how I get the best ideas is from my students Mm -hmm. and then I just build on that
1: I love Um, it yeah yeah. well and you know it's that's obviously the best place to start is you know at your curriculum Um, but it's so funny because this technology is often Jump, well, let's jump on it because of the wow. And I love showing the wow, you know, the wow's there, Uh, but it doesn't mean that app is always going to fit every classroom, right? So that might only apply to, uh, you know, so many classrooms across the world that, you know, it's very targeted and specific, but people make it fit. Oh, it's so cool. I want to bring this to my students. So let me force a way for this to fit for my curriculum, which is, uh, you know, really the opposite of what should be happening. We need to start with our curriculum first look at what our needs are identify our students needs um, and then go out and look and see what resources that could be something that's not even about technology it could be a different technology um, it could be you know augmented virtual reality it could be just ar or vr so there's so many different things that it could take you into but really you want to start with where your needs are first instead of trying to fit this into your curriculum, that's never going to be as successful as it sounds, you know, oh, wow, this is going to make the biggest difference if I bring this into my class. Well, that that might be true, if that is reaching your goals, your objectives and your students needs. But um, sometimes we do it backwards. And I think that's true for every tech, right? Like, mm-hmm. we try to make something fix, it looks fun, and the kids are going to be wowed by it. When really, it's not about the tech at all. It's about what is going to help them learn the best?
0: Oh, you're right. And as you were talking, I was already thinking about my unit and how it it will fit. Essentially, what I want to do is I want to go to the coast in the Salinas Valley and do some 360 video and then bring them into that environment and have them use virtual reality and kind of see what this landscape is. Really like because not many of my students are able to go out there, even Mm -hmm. if they've been to Monterey or Carmel uh, on the coast, they may not know what this agricultural landscape looks like now. And then we can look at photos and see what it was like at the time of John Steinbeck. We're going to read of Mice and Men coming up for this next quarter. And I thought, hey, this is really going to help them, this is where it's going to fit. And then I can always check with them and say, hey, how can we do this for Romeo and Juliet or uh, one of our upcoming units past that? Uh, I'm always amazed at their ideas. Uh, They're always on the forefront. It seems like the students are. So that's awesome. Mm -hmm. What's one? you're
1: You're looking at where your kids are limited by. And I'll tell you, being in East Texas, we're far enough away from the water. Um, that, you know, when I would be in a classroom, many of those kids had never seen the ocean. And you think about, you know, the fact that we have them writing about it, reading about it. You know, I share this all the time. It's like, okay, you, we have this expectation that they know what it's like based upon what they're reading and writing, but how many kids have never been there. And it doesn't mean that virtual reality really lets them feel the sand in their toes, hitting their legs. But at the end of the day, would you consider the fact that this gets us closer to them having somewhat of a realistic experience? um, And that technology is coming, you know, when we're talking about feeling of what you're seeing in this virtual reality space that is coming, that is here, you know, that is something that's going to be impacting them in the future. Uh, But, you know, considering all of that, I think you're exactly spot on. When you can see the limitations of your classroom and you're able to bridge that using tools like VR, going out and doing 360 video, creating tours, um, allowing them to have a chance to experience it, I think that helps them make connections to things that they couldn't without being there themselves.
0: What is one pro tip that you have for getting started and implementing? This newer technology in the classroom.
1: Yeah, but, you know, it's, I, I want to say, Scott, that a lot of people want to ask, like, what is that one app? And I, I share this all the time, you know, this, uh, where, what one tool can I get started with? And I think that really boils down to asking some questions. You know, um, let's identify what your goals are. Why do you want to use this technology? You know, let's identify where your students are. Where are they struggling? Let's start there. You know, um, I think a lot of it boils down to just any technology, right? If you're going to bring anything into your classroom, you've got to know your students' needs. You've got to know your students' interests. You need to know your curriculum. You need to know what exactly you want them to learn in this. Um, You need to know where they struggle year after year and where you need to help make sure that that is something that's easier for them to understand that concept, You know where can you modify and adjust to help them learn? So I think when some of those questions are answered, that that helps you know where to get started. Sometimes you have a district that has no budget or a teacher that wants to jump into this, but really no support. Um, And that's going to be different struggles and probably different recommendations than somebody that is in a district where the admin's talking to me saying, we're ready to implement this on this scale we want to know what to buy. Okay, well, there's a lot of questions to answer before then. So I think when somebody's getting started, I think there are some things to consider is, um, you know, before you get started, starting off with the best plan is your best action. And making sure that what you're going to implement into the classroom is something that you've really thoroughly thought through and you've collaborated in your district with. If you're trying this on your own, you know, there might be other resources that I'd recommend. Um, that are gonna be a little bit more personalized and less restrained and, and requires no budget, right? Looking at what mm-hmm. you already have in your classroom. What what do you have accessible now? Um, so there's, again, there's a lot of conversations to be had that really need to happen before you jump in um, and for that to be really successful because what happens is, is you learn a lot in the process and in the process of bringing in anything new, you learn, oh, I need higher bandwidth oh, we really can't do this with just one classroom device. You know what? We really don't need those headsets because I'm running into all these other things that we're having to deal with, with, you know, uh, s- sanitary reasons, you know, the kids getting sick and spreading things around. Um, so, you know, you learn all these little things as you go through it. But if you came up with a good plan first, then I think that will really help you to um, go and do it. And, and run into less of these obstacles along the way
0: yeah i think you're so spot on with needing the plan you can't force something like this that and this isn't it's a simple technology to kind of Mm -hmm. get into it's not overly complicated i don't think it's really over anyone's head Uh, to at least get started. Now, of course, just like anything, once you get into it, there are different levels and there are some highly advanced features. I know you were talking about how it's good to not necessarily uh, make it all about the tool, but what are some tools you can recommend to get started with AR VR in the Classroom?
1: Yeah, you know, um, I think that there's some universal tools out there that allow you, you know, for any subject, any grade level. Um, there's tons of resources, you know, things that you can do using your technology. Um, I think some of that would come into play. So, you know, you hear a lot about CoSpaces that does both AR and VR. It's a creation tool for your students. So your students can actually build this. Um, and so that's an option. You also have Merge doing some phenomenal things, heavily focused on um, on their content being heavily focused on science, but they also have a creation opportunity for you to use Object Viewer. Um, and then you even see, you know, other tools that might come along. You know, Google Expeditions has been around for a little while now. Um, and they are doing both AR and VR, lots of resources, creating virtual tours, you know, um, using 360 content, making 360 content. Um, so there's, you know, even really even taking, you know, 3d objects, building things from scratch, um, or even scanning items in your own space of 3d objects and it becoming, you know, animated and, um, pulled into augmented and virtual reality. There's a ton to do out there. Um, and it really, again, kind of goes back to, you know, where do you begin and um, identifying what your needs are. Sometimes the best thing to do is not starting with just a general tool because it's harder to connect that to curriculum and identify exactly where that fits in your content, but um, really looking for the resources that target your subject target your curriculum area, um, and your grade level. So what your students are even working on on that objective, right? So when you're out there researching what to use, typing in very specifically, and I get requests all the time, you know, people send me messages on and DMS and they'll say, Hey, um, I'm a math teacher and we're trying to do some graphing. Um, and I saw this on, you know, ditch summit or whatever, you know, so you have people that reach out for various things or I heard about you and and this is what I was thinking. What do you think? And so I really kind of asked some questions like what exactly about graphing are you looking for? You know, where are your kids struggling? Maybe there's some questions back and forth, but at the end of the day, when you type in graphing with augmented reality or graphing in virtual reality, those tools pop up all the time. So when you're specific about what your needs are, you're gonna find a lot of resources. There's like quite a bit out there. Um, learning how to use Google and searching and filtering and stuff like that kind of comes along with the task as well. But you know, at the end of the day, those tools do exist. I've yet to come across a re- you know somebody saying, "Hey, I'm looking for this. What do you got for me?" To say, you know what, I got nothing. Now sometimes they say, "All we have are Chromebooks." You know what can you share? I'm gonna be very limited in what I can share for Chromebooks. Because Chromebooks are, have not been intended, most of them, um, to use cameras and to be mobile, right? So um, they're limited in what they can do with augmented and virtual reality. But, um, I, you know, on the 360 front and, and understanding 360 realms, you know, that comes into play with Chromebooks. But sometimes when they're telling me where their limitations are, that is harder to find the best tools for what they need. because. They might be limited in what devices they have access to.
0: Right. That's huge. Knowing what you have access to and knowing the constraints of your devices in the classroom as well. Uh, It may be limiting or it might um, expand your horizons. Where do you see this technology going over the next few years or so?
1: Oh, I almost put something out there on Twitter, like my prediction. Since it's 2020 <laughs> now, ARVR. Mm-hmm. I think you've inspired me to to actually follow through with that. You should. Um, I know. i I think it's. Um, I think we're going to see this technology exploding, mainly because um, Apple is going to eventually. I thought 2020, but I think they put it off. We'll see. Uh, release glasses. And so looking at augmented reality glasses and how that's going to be part of our norm, kind of like your, you know, watches and uh, kind of like your headphones and earbuds. Um, so you you look at some of the, you know, especially our phones, right? What does that mean when we're seeing it through a lens? And I think that is going to be um, a wave of a new future. They've been working on it. They've been establishing the augmented reality they've been preparing for this on their, their front. So I think Apple's ahead of the game when it comes to the AR side, whereas I think Google's a little bit more advanced when it comes to the virtual reality side. Right. Um, But Mm -hmm. what everybody thought VR was going to be the thing, it was a little bit more difficult to adapt to. Um, And I would agree. I'm not going to wear a headset on my head all day long. Right. But um, when we're talking about augmented reality, that's something that works and is interwoven in our daily lives without interrupting. So um, I think, and I've said this for years, the less disruptive, and I know disruptive technology is kind of seen as a good term. I think that that those kind of technologies don't don't stand very long. I think people don't want to be disrupted in their normal life. They want to, it to be enhanced. They want it to um, you know be easier, not stop everything, stop what you'd normally do and transition to this. That takes a long time um, of a change. But I really see in the next, probably the five, next five years, I would say um, augmented reality is really going to be stepping up. I think we're going to see a lot more wearables out there that are related to AR and VR. And um, I definitely see that our classrooms are getting a big push. Our developers are making so much more Um, for education, but I don't see our schools and our schools usually are late to adapt. So when I've been talking to these schools, it's really starting from the beginning. Um, And I want to say we're about five years, you know, know—in education we will be five years behind, but that's good because in the next five years, what's being made right now will be something our schools are actually going to be implementing then. Um, So I'm excited. I, I hope to see less. I see more Chromebooks growing but that's not a good thing for immersive technology um, until those Chromebooks start adapting more for this technology and, and making their cameras more like a tablet feature rather than just um, a computer feature. So while that's growing because of cost and easy, you know, easy for the tech department to adapt to and to just get them in their hands and have a really low cost in purchasing them. um, It's also a downside with what it, can do and what it's capable of doing on this technology. So I hope to see that change, but we all see that continuing to grow. So that's unfortunate. I just think school districts are going to turn back around and say, wait, what did we do? We got rid of all of our iPads. You know, why did we do that? Now we're limited. So that's changing with school districts that are actually looking at that, honestly.
0: You were speaking (laughs) to my heart so much with that piece about the Chromebooks. yes. The tech is cheaper, but what you're losing is massive. You're missing out on these emerging technologies. Are you really helping your students be college and career ready for the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years? Not so much with the Chromebooks. Yes. If that's all you can get, it's definitely better than nothing, but if you're going back from a you know kind of standalone device something like you know an ipad or um some of these laptops that can really handle uh greater processes and you can actually store stuff uh you know it's a step in the, the wrong direction in my my opinion because uh if you can afford it hey This is where it's at. You're going to have many more doors open. And I think we just need better education uh, in terms of the differences, because I think there's a misconception uh, that people think they're the same or very similar, and they're not. There's so much more you can do on a traditional device than you can on a Chromebook. You're really limited uh, not to say um, there aren't perks to the Chromebook, you know, cost being a big one, um, but uh, I don't know that, uh, you know, those, the cost, you know, justifies going with one of those unless you're really limited. Uh, well, they talk that. about,
1: you know, oh, iPads are great for the elementary classroom because, you know, they're more hands-on and You know, they're creating some things, but those high, you know, the, our secondary students, they need to be on, they need to be typing papers. They don't need to be on a tablet. And it's like, what happened? Like, we're not creators anymore. Our kids aren't hands-on learning anymore. Like Mm -hmm. what changed between our elementary and our secondary students? Is that really a gain for our secondary students to be completely just typing papers now? Um, So I think it's really interesting that, you know, you can't get rid of everything Any extreme like that. So not saying that I think everybody needs an iPad in their hand. I think that's a terrible idea too. You know, you need to look at your budget. You need to identify what your needs are. You know, there's a lot of discussion involved with that. But having a set available to do these kinds of things that can be shared, that can be, you know, functioning for these classrooms or even a small amount that could be a group work. So I think getting rid of all of it just for the sake of it's easier with our tech. Um, is bad because if we're honest, technology hates Apple. They don't want to have anything to do with Macs. They, you know, very rarely do you go to a district where they're, you know, the the tech department embraces Apple. Almost all the time, they embrace, you know, from the Android and um, and from Windows and you know PC that they, that was what they were trained on. You know, many people are trained on that side, not as many on the Apple side. So they embrace the Google Chromebooks very quickly. Whereas when you're talking about, you know, iPads, it's like, ah, no, uh, we got to set up management on all these. And when this happens and this, and there is a lot more, Apple should be doing a better job at that for sure. But, or any tablet, right? Uh, Microsoft has their Surface Pro that I have one of those. And that right. does some incredible stuff I too. I love the thing. Surface right. Pro. Yeah. And I mean, from a side of creation and seeing some of this stuff, I'm I'm looking at it on the side of virtual reality, but it's also bringing in, you know, I mean, their they're HoloLens that just came out. So they're doing some pretty phenomenal things as well. So it's not just Apple per se, but you want to have the technology that can function with what is the future. And as of right now, us moving to all Chromebooks is actually moving away from what this technology is doing right now.
0: Yeah, uh, I fully agree with that. You brought up some cool, cool tech. So I hope the listeners check out the HoloLens. Uh, Wow. And one thing I just wanted to add to what you were saying about um, AR and VR, particularly, I guess, bringing objects into... Uh, those spaces i mm-hmm. like how you can export some of those objects and 3d print them that's been a huge interest of mine is moving physical items into these virtual spaces but also exporting them out and having them be tangible we were talking about like kind of the smells and the fills of things how cool would it be to you know Print a replica of a fossil you're studying or uh, print out a miniature of a monument you're studying like the pyramids at Giza something like that um, mm-hmm. it, it's, it brings it to life I've seen it with my students and it really taps into more of those unreachable students just having these different technologies in the classroom Um, Mm -hmm. kind of sparks their zeal for learning. I'll have students that typically don't do well uh, be interested in learning again. And I love seeing that. That's why I got into education is to make a difference. And I feel like with these emerging technologies, we can make that difference. Like the time is now, it hasn't been quite this exciting for a while and this accessible. The threshold is pretty low. To get started with these technologies, of course, they can be super advanced and complicated. But to get started, hey, my elementary kids uh, here at home can do that. You know, my my own kiddos, they love uh, just playing around with that technology. Um, you know, as we close, what's one piece of advice you'd like to leave? the audience with and who are some people we should follow?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. There's, oh my gosh. I wish I could tell you them just off the top of my head, but there's so many that um, I'll miss somebody and then I'll feel bad about it later. So um, I will tell you that most of the people that I connect with on a regular basis are on Twitter and they are using the hashtag ARVRINEDU. So ARVRINEDU edu. Um, that's also my website. So arvr and edu.com. And, um, it's really just, it's almost the central hub. It's where people are talking about this technology specifically for education. Um, the chat that I host, it's been going on for now three years and, um, that's every Wednesday evening we get on, it's like a little mini PD session on immersive technology. Uh, for 30 minutes. It's really cool. 8 p.m. Central, so 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. And um, it's. I think it's the best place to go get connections. There's people posting there all the time, doing some great stuff. And I will tell you that every person that I know that posts on there is always willing to answer questions, connect with you, make recommendations, have ideas. Um, I don't know anybody that participates in that community that would... Um, not be there to support you in your journey. So I would recommend people hop on Twitter, even if it's just search and you're not using it with your personal account, but you right. use the hashtag A-R-V-R-I-N-E-D-U and you see all the incredible things, both individual educators, developers, um, even companies that are doing some cool stuff. So uh, definitely hop on, get connected with people and it's just an amazing community.
0: Yeah, I second that. As well, I really like that part you mentioned about uh, just checking out the hashtag, even if you aren't on Twitter. And I was thinking, hey, you can look at people's profiles and see where else they're located, and you know, hit them up on those platforms if you're more comfortable with Instagram or Facebook, or just dialoguing directly on the comment section in a blog, like like your own, something like that um you know do what's most comfortable for you um thank yeah. you once again for coming on Jamie it's been an absolute pleasure uh i really appreciate your friendship and uh all that you have to offer in this emerging space
1: well i appreciate you Scott for what you're doing and all the things that you're sharing out there it's getting out to so many educators relate to them and I think that um, all that you are doing is is really successful and helpful for our classroom so thank you for inviting me on
0: and for all of our listeners out there be sure to check out Jamie's book published by ISTE learning transported thank you for listening to education today it is my pleasure to share with you all Let's stay connected on Twitter. You can find me at Mr. Noon's Teach. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on the player of your choice and give Education Today a positive review on Apple Podcasts. Remember, everyone, out here in this field of education, it's grind time.